Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and I am so excited to have with me the first Grand Canyon Mastermind Group. We just returned from the retreat portion of our backpacking trip together in the Grand Canyon, and it was epic. The canyon, of course, is one of the seven natural wonders of the world and simply one of the most awesome places on the planet. Here to share their experience of both the physical outer experience and our inner journey, we have Gina and Tim Johnson, who are owners of Waterfront Realty, a real estate brokerage in Madeira Beach, Florida. We have Kristen Tabert, a high-performance executive coach, and Michael Lennington, co-author of the New York Times best-selling book, The 12-Week Year, and also a past guest on this podcast, episode 37. Michael and Kristen are from Taylorsville, Kentucky. Now, I knew all four of these amazing humans before we went on this journey together, but after the experience we had, they are now some of my very closest friends. And I am so excited to have everybody back together for a reunion so we can recap our experience together. So with that, Gina and Tim, Kristen and Michael, welcome to the campfire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh my gosh, this is just this is so fun and it's great to see your smiling faces again. Um, I wish we were all back together at, at the Canyon. Um, but, you know, I want to provide some context for the listeners about the experience and there's so much to cover. What I'd like to start with first is what was it about the experience that attracted you in the first place? And I want to start with Michael because he was, he was really the one that kind of spearheaded this whole group. So, so Michael, can, can I jump to you first? Yeah. So um, you had mentioned me an opportunity to go on a trip a year ago. I don't know if you remember that to Bhutan and Bhutan, Bhutan, there we go. Got it right. Can't pronounce it. So that's why I couldn't go. But um, that was a very attractive idea, but I really felt like I wasn't, you know, in the physical shape I needed to be in to do any kind of trip like that. So I, I said no, but I kind of regretted it because um, I felt like, you know, maybe I should have said yes and, and jumped in. So when I found out about this trip, I was saying, yeah, I'm not going to miss another one. So I just, I just want to make it happen. So I said, can I go? And uh, sure that I could. So it was the best thing I've done in a long time. And he wasn't going without me. I'm yeah. going on the adventure with him. <laughs> well, I love that because I remember we had a call together. And uh, Michael and Kristen, the three of us, we, we were on a call together and we kind of talked about what the experience was like. And, and, uh, and Kristen, you had some hesitations. I had a lot of hesitations. Um, age, health, weight, um, and it, the list went on from there. You know, could I really do this? Can Will I be able to keep up with everybody? Will I be the factor that slows everybody down? Um, yeah, I was scared. <laughs> so, so you obviously said yes as well. You just said he's not going without me. What was it for you that attracted you to this experience? Um, I'd never been to the Grand Canyon. Um, it's something that I always wanted to see. Even more importantly than that, though, I think Michael and, and our life has been 
been one adventure after another, some, some really great, some a little less than great, but we're always, we always do it together, not, but, and, and so I didn't, I didn't want him to have this massive adventure and not be a part of it because he's such a massive part of my life. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so you guys kind of gave me the thumbs up after that call and I was just like over the moon, so excited. And lo and behold, like, I mean, five minutes, five minutes max after hanging up the phone with you guys, I have, I, I see on my phone, a call's coming through from Tim Johnson who, um, love you guys. Hadn't, hadn't talked to you in a while. I'm like, what's Tim calling about? And I picked up the phone and Tim said, I hear you've got this adventure going and I need to be part of it. Right. <laughs> Tim, Tim and Gina, talk, talk to me about your, uh, your desire to say yes to this experience. So when you posted this originally on Inspire Campfire's Facebook page, I saw it there and I was reading through it and I thought, man, that, that'd be pretty cool. But like many other people, I didn't raise my hand until we got the phone call that Saturday from Kristen. She said, Michael and I are going. You're coming with us, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, we're in. Let's go. <laughs> so Gina, we got together and said yes, got excited. And we made the phone call right away. Right. But, you know, after we said, we said yes, right, there was, okay, so what do we need to do? I mean, you know, we're boaters. Right. Um, everything we do is on the water. And so we're going to do something on land. What is land? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, our whole, you know, last five, seven years have been on a boat. And so uh, it was a new adventure for us, for was. sure. Yeah. And actually, so that's a great segue, because before we get into the, the, the Canyon experience, um, this mastermind group, the way that we've structured this is we've had a couple of months of time together to to meet, to reflect, to kind of talk about both the outer experience, the physical journey and what we might expect in terms of the the inner journey, you know, the the emotional experience, the just the, that that deep connection with ourselves. And um, so. Gina and Tim, you guys are from Florida. Um, it's flat there and, and we're getting ready to hike, you know, a mile down the canyon and then back up. So what, what was that like for you guys in terms of sort of thinking through from a planning standpoint what this might be like for you guys? Well, being the engineer that I am, I, of course, went online and looked at videos of people that had done this before us. I wanted to make sure I understood what the canyon trails look like and what we were going up against. And, of course, the videos always show you the easy stuff right? Because nobody can handle the camera when they're going through the hard stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. so we had this perception that, oh yeah, it'll be easy. We got to train and figure out how we can carry all this weight on our packs. And we did. And there's one little hill in the park that we went up and down a gazillion times, but it was nothing like what we were about to experience. That's for sure. You know, I want to add to that though. Tim and I are very different. He was watching videos of people doing it and he would say, oh, look at this. And I didn't want to see. I was like, don't show me. I want this to be the first time I look at it when I get there. But being an engineer, he had to know the path, what to look for, the whole nine yards. So it was almost two different experiences yeah. for him and I. Yeah. I did similar to what Tim did. We talked to you on Sunday and I said, okay, we're doing this on Monday. We start training Monday morning. And I went and got on my um, iFit program 
and found a hiking video for my treadmill that was the exact trail we're going to be hiking. To Tim's point, even though we did the whole trail, the, the series was over 15 days, it never looked as hard as what it was when we saw it for the first time. Yeah, Kristen, and that was really fun because you were really, you were awesome about sharing that experience. So you literally had a program like with a video screen that actually showed you, like it simulated you being on the trail. So yep, you literally you. saw like every step all the way up and down. And, and even then it was, you know, well, I guess we'll get into the actual experience, but <laughs> didn't, didn't quite uh, mimic the, the full, the full experience. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of sort of this, I think one of the things that we started with was we talked about like the physical training. We met with All-Star Grand Canyon Tours and they kind of talked through with us a little bit about what the physical training would be like. And I feel like there were some pretty cool ahas in, through some of that experience. So I'm curious if you guys could could maybe talk a little bit about that and, and um, you know, some of the things that you learned in terms of the physical experience. So for me, I was very excited to begin. Always beginnings easy. And I think I even posted very transparently, day one was easy. Day two sucked. I didn't <laughs> want to do it. And, and, and I'm thinking, okay, it's only day two. How am I going to get through the next six, eight, 10 weeks of this before we go out to the canyon? I just have to do it. Well, then the next day, day three got easier. Day four got easier. So there were all these kind of misconceptions or misassumptions. Okay, they're going to tell us what we need to do. We got to work up to 35 pound packs. Okay, we can do that. But again, reality did not match up even remotely close to what our expectations were or what our assumptions were. Amen to that. It was much more difficult than what we anticipated, right? Did anybody ever ask you any questions about that? That is like what two or three hills in Florida overall, and you guys are kind of walking up and down the same hill with a backpack. Did anybody ask you what you were doing? I was just, I can visualize that, but it, I don't know what that was like. Yeah, we did. We had we had a lot of questions when we walked in the local park. It's a three mile trail. We would do that a couple of times with our loaded packs, and most people could figure it out. What are you training for? Okay. Right. We're not out here doing this because we're weird. We're actually trying to train for something. But uh, Gina and Tim, I, I wanted because, you know, you guys actually um, did some work with Rich before before going to work. And, I, and you know, there was some the, some learning um, around just, you know, the distribution of weight and how to carry a pack and how to, to move that I do feel like really did help you guys in that experience. I'm just curious if you could kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think Rich, um, he taught us the science, if you will. And when you're married to an engineer, you know, he was soaking that up big time. Right? Yeah. But he, he would, he taught us the science of what, you know, 100 ounces of water every day, 100 ounces of protein every day, vegetables with every meal and eight to nine hours of sleep every night. And that was the regimen he said, you need to try to get consistent on. And we were great with 100 ounces of water, 100 ounces of protein, vegetables, maybe two meals. He <laughs> never, ever hit eight to nine hours sleep. Um, and he really tried to hone in on how important rest is for your body to recover. Yeah. He also spent a lot of time talking to us about alignment, yes. right? And making sure that our backs were straight, our feet were straight. No duck feet. Because we've all, over time, 
learned how to walk the wrong way. Yeah. And a simple thing like correcting the way you walk and your posture makes a big difference when you're carrying all that weight, even one degree forward or backwards. Um, and that was instrumental. Hey, friend, just wanted to take a minute to check in with you. Is this mastermind group experience something that sounds intriguing to you? Does it sound like something you'd like to do? If you're listening to this episode and want to experience the transformation for yourself, I want to personally invite you to an upcoming mastermind. There's something amazing about nature that creates the ideal space for connecting with ourselves and others at the deepest levels. If you're ready to say yes to adventure, please send me a message. You can find me at inspirecampfire.com or on our social media channels. And I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And so how do you feel like some of that stuff that you learned during the sort of the preparation phase, like translated to the Canyon for you? I know it was hard. I know it was harder than you expected, but like, I'm just curious, like how might it have been had you not done that planning and that pre-work? So it was hard enough with all that effort up front and that planning. Had we not done that, um, there would have been a different outcome. Yeah, right. I'm, so. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. It made a big difference for us. Yeah. And Michael, you spent a lot of time. Um, you have a gorge nearby where you live and you spend a lot of time with a, with a really heavy pack um, do, doing some hiking, you and Kristen. Um, so I'm curious how the, how the prep or the physical preparation was for you. Well, I kind of being the oldest folks, um, the oldest person on this team, I felt like um, you know, I had better be able to handle it. So I did get a little bit carried away. One time I went to the gorge with 65 pounds on my back. And, um, and I, I, was, I was hiking this trail. And on the way back, um, you know, I was, I was thinking, okay, I, everything in my pack is expendable. I can, I can uh, buy everything on my back. I was just thinking about taking my backpack off and walking out without it because it was so heavy. Um, so I realized pretty quickly that I was not in the best of shape. But um, I didn't throw my pack away. I actually kept it. I struggled through. But I realized at that point that I was in for it. So Chris and I really trained, I think, pretty hard. We were, we were going up and down some pretty hard scrabble trails. Unfortunately, in, in Kentucky, there's some, there's some pretty steep, you know, not, not as long, but pretty steep you know, uh, trails in the parks. So we were doing that and, and working through that. And we felt pretty good about it, especially given the guy that Chris was watching on that uh, um, you know, exercise table. It was, it was like, okay, this is, this is harder than, they, than they, they're going through. We, we got this nailed. Um, so, but we did that. And, and I think, I think, um, we felt pretty comfortable going into it that we at least had done what we could to make it. The problem we had though, is that we, uh, about three weeks before we left, four weeks before we left, we got sick. And so we kind of got off our training regimen for a couple of weeks, which I made me a little bit worried, but other than that, I think we, we, we did what we thought we should do. Right. So I, I feel like we tried to prepare, um, but, but we weren't as prepared as I thought we were. I think going into this next time, you know, one of the things that that Cody or um, Andrew could have said to us was, oh, by the way, you're going to be going straight down into the canyon, which we knew that, right? Okay, but let's equate it to something we can kind of understand. Go to the gym and do leg leg presses for seven and a half hours. And that's what it's going to feel like. Nobody told us that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And one of the things that I think was a, in our mindset, being in Florida, it's so humid. And so we thought, okay, if we can do this in this kind of humidity, that's going to be a breeze. That was kind of what we thought our offset would be, right? Oh, no. No, 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 no. That didn't work. No, it didn't work. 
Well, and again, those those videos we watched on the trail, you know, the the perspective of the photographer doesn't really show you the degree or the the steepness of some of those steps. I mean, no offense, Gina, but some of those steps were half as tall as you were that we had to go down. And so when you're leaning on your poles, we didn't know we didn't know any of this. We never faced anything like that in our training. I mean, from a technical standpoint, some of the trails we, we walked in Kentucky, they were jagged, they were uh, loose rocks, there were ruts, you know, they were muddy and slippery. So there was a, a higher degree of technicality, if you will, but that didn't, that did not offset Mm-mm. the steepness that we were going up against. And we kept thinking, well, if we can do this, those dry, wide trails in the canyon, easy peasy, huh, till they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I want to, before we kind of move into the actual Canyon experience itself, um, the inner journey was a part of this, right? This whole experience. And, and we had several calls where we kind of, we talked about this and we did a lot of work on sort of intention setting and what we were hoping to experience as part of the inner journey. So I wonder if each, each of you could just talk a little bit about sort of what your intention was and maybe even how it changed from the time that we started to the time that we actually got to the Canyon. Yeah. So when we started this, um, I had made a comment early on with our stated intentions because we had just moved off the boat, we were making a pretty major life change and this timed up right with that. And so my intentions were, I'm going to be the most improved. Um, I'm going after this and we're making this life change and this is perfect timing and the new workout programs and the way we're eating and the habits that we had all changed at the same time. But as we went through this, that intention got modified a little bit, right? And it was more of, um, thanks to the coaching from my dear buddy, Michael there, just let it be. Let it be what it is and let's figure it out when we get there. And then that changed when we were in the canyon to, I intend to get the hell out of here (laughs) (laughs) and successfully make it. Um, So it was definitely um, a a great journey. One of the things we talked about is what we were going to leave behind uh, at the bottom of the canyon. And we we made some efforts there and, and some very intended efforts on what we were going to carry with us down there and what we were going to leave behind and what we're going to bring out. And that's been quite helpful on the inner journey. Absolutely. You know, mine was more of just um, when we started is just take it all in and be where I am, where I am. Right. And the difficulty that it was of me going down, if I wouldn't have had Kristen telling me, you got this, you don't have to go fast. I mean, to her point, some of those steps, If it wouldn't have been for Tim actually helping me get down, they were almost as tall as I was. And so, you know, some of those, if it wouldn't have been for, you know, Andrew helping me with my pack. I mean, there were some points in going down that I'm like, I can't be where I am where I am because I don't know where I am because I just (laughs) went out. But, you know, uh, getting through that, pushing through that. And then when you do get to the bottom, you did it right as hard as it was. Yeah, for sure. So I want to come back to that a little bit, Gina, and talk about that first day. But just to finish up the intentions, Michael. So for me, this was an interesting trip. And I wanted to make it as much as I could um, more than just the canyon trip, right? So 
Um, what I found was is that because this was such a big event and it was a date certain in the middle of this, this 12 week process, I felt like it helped me to really get structured in other areas of my life. So one of the things that this, this trip did was sort of kind of take front and center in terms of my daily routine, my weekly routine, my monthly routine. And so because I had to do that, everything else was more organized and more structured in my life. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I felt like there were three trips for me. One, one I intentionally wanted this to be a spiritual trip for me. Um, and I wanted it to be a physical trip for me because I knew I needed to get into shape. So this is physical, and not just the going into the canyon, but the, but the physicality of the whole thing. And then the mental side of it too, because I'm, you know, for example, one of the things I'm afraid, I was before this, literally, it's different, a little bit different now, maybe not completely, but I was afraid of heights. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm as bad as I was, but I, but I was afraid of heights. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be on the canyon and I'm going to see this, you know, this thousand foot drop off to my right. There's going to be a little bit of, you know, room here. And there's a mule coming at, you know, and I'm, what am I going to do, right? So, um, and I kind of was psyched out about that a little bit. But, you know, I just, I just, but, but on the trip itself, I was intentional about, you know, challenging some of those things. And that relates to what I threw into the river. But I think, I think there was that mental journey too for me. And part of it was my fair heights, but it was more than that. It was just the ability to, to do something that difficult. And I didn't know how difficult it was going to be, but I had an inkling of it. Yeah. And, and I, I, I want to make sure like for listeners, you guys, I've shared this with you, but one of the coolest things is, you know, as the co-author of the 12 week year, this is a book I was introduced to like six or seven years ago. My team has been using this to goal set for that whole time. We've been very consistent about it. And you just mentioned, I mean, this, this mastermind experience has been essentially, it's, or it's designed to be a 12-week experience. We're actually not done yet because we're still kind of reflecting. But what's so cool is that, you know, when this sort of vision came to me, um, I, I sort of mapped out and created this as a 12-week year goal. And lo and behold, the co-author of the 12 week year comes on <laughs> as a participant. I mean, and so, so cool that it's like this circle. Um, yeah. I just think that's so great. And so I'm, I'm very grateful for you because, you know, frankly for you, this trip would never have happened. Um, <laughs> so Kristen, um, just want to round it out with you on the intention. So for me in the beginning, it was all about, you know, as because of what I do for a living, I eat, breathe and sleep education, helping people, performance, whatever it may be. So it's, what am I going to get out of this? How's it going to benefit me? And once it benefits me, how's it going to benefit my clients? What am I going to learn? It was all about the the journey and, and how I was going to spread it out after, after we got back. What it came down to was, I don't need all that. What I need is, we had three days of <clears throat> no showers, um, basic bathroom areas, um, I bumped up a lot of, you know, nice, comfy lifestyle <laughs> things um, that, you know, okay, I, I can get through this. But it was the simplest, although it was the hardest. Don't, don't hear me confuse simple with easy. It was the simplest three days of my life. Amen. I had one focus, get to the bottom and get out. I guess that's two. But, you know, there was nothing else. It was one foot in front of the other. And that's what I left at the bottom. I want, I want simplification in my life. And I have the power to do that. I love that. So I want to come back to you because I think it happened a little bit later in the trip, but I'm curious, like the, the, 
if there was a switch that flipped where you, you know, your intention changed, obviously. And I'm just, I'd like to come back to, to a moment before we do that. I want to talk about, well, Kristen, we will come back to that. So I want to kind of now fast forward to basically that first day at the Canyon, because this was a really cool thing. So our guide, Andrew did something really neat. Uh, as you're pulling up to the Grand Canyon, you can't see it. You know, it doesn't come into view until you sort of walk up the path. I mean, you know, uh, the South Rim area and that whole like town, it's just, you know, there's trees, there's pines. There was a little bit of snow on the ground leading up, but you don't see the canyon until you're right on it. And so he did this cool exercise where he had everybody close their eyes. And some of you guys have never been there before, never seen it. And so he walked us up to the edge of the canyon. You guys are trusting him because you have your eyes closed. <laughs> and uh, he pulls you up to the front of the canyon and gets you guys all, all ready and everybody's their eyes at the same time. And I just wonder if you guys, especially those that haven't been to the canyon before, if you could just sort of reflect and share with listeners what that experience was like. Scott, I don't think there's words that can really adequately describe it. Um, we could pick some adjectives, but you you don't know until you see it because you know you don't know what to expect. Pictures don't do it justice. Descriptions don't even come close. The vastness, the beauty, the the magnitude, the miracle of it, and it's just it's breathtaking. You know, it's my first time um, to the Grand Canyon, and the only thing I can come close to saying how I felt was I really felt like God was standing right there beside me. Mm. And that I look, as I looked, I was just in awe of the beauty that was created. Um, it, it, it's just, it, you've got to see it to experience it. You just do. Well, you just used one of my favorite words on this podcast, which is awe. It's that reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder. Absolutely. And I think we had a little bit of all of that yeah. on this trip. Yeah, Michael, how about you? There was a movie that Chevy Chase did called National Lampoon Vacation. And you know, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. And then leaves, right? And I had this image of the park, not from that, but this image of the park that it was kind of just, okay, it's a park. I've been to parks. It's going to be pretty. But when I first saw the Grand Canyon, I, I have never been in a place like that in my life, anything that even comes close to the Grand Canyon. And um, the, the, just the vistas, the awe-inspiring vistas, but every every bend of the trail around, every every outcropping that you see, it's just all gorgeous. And as the sun moves, the whole thing just changes. It's like a, it's a different vista. Even if you're not moving, it's different. And it's on such a scale that it humbles you. It just, it just there's there's just such a, um, a magical aspect of being that small and something so vast that it just blew me away. So, um, you know, from that moment of looking at the canyon, my head was completely somewhere other than where it was before I saw the canyon. It's, it's, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, I've been on some really cool trips, but I've never been to a more magnificent place. Yeah. And so I have to kind of reflect back like that. That was my third time to the South Rim. The first two times I did what we did up to that point where I saw it, but I didn't actually go down in. And my my experience of it is all of what you guys said, but there's an element of it where it almost looks fake. Mm, absolutely. You know, so I guess I would love to hear from you guys, like opening your eyes and knowing like in a matter of moments, we're going to be putting our packs on and we're going to be getting down into it. Like, 
Tim, what, what, what were you feeling like as it relates to this vastness, knowing you're getting ready to go down inside? So I'd been there before to the South Rim, and so it wasn't my first time to see it, but it still is just you're in awe again when you see it the second time. But the magical moment there when we were standing on the rim was when Andrew pulled out the telescope, and he showed us uh, in a 20X telescope where we're going to be later that day. Yeah, that was cool. We're going to be down there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? How, how are we getting down there? <laughs> well, that's it. You know, seven miles in our head in the training that we've done, there's no way that that could prepare us for that perspective right. that we saw right then and there. That felt like it might as well have been a million miles away from, from what we saw there. Right. And you couldn't see it with the naked eye. Mm -mm. It wasn't until they put the telescope in there. You're like, that's a really long ways away and far down. Right. And then it's like, wow, this thing's much larger than you think. I think that's when they found out they could have gotten the mules for $90. <laughs> that was where one of the biggest first spikes of fear came in for me, because up until that point, I was like, we got this. We got this. We've been training. It's going to be OK. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I don't know if I have this now. Yeah. OK, so. Tim and Michael, what was day one like for you guys? So day one, um, you know, the first half of the day was just, wow, right? The body is still fresh. The walk was easy. The pack wasn't heavy. Easier. There's a lot of uh, other people coming and going in that first mile and a half. So that, that first half of the day was just, wow, a lot of fun, a lot of joy. But then as the day progressed and my mate started having some challenges, that rest, that second half of that day turned into fear and concern uh, for Gina's well-being. And when she started wobbling and all that. So that, that stress showed up for me underneath my pack, in the middle of my back. Mm. And I kept having to try to release that and just being worried about getting her to the bottom. I mean, those steps at the bottom were quite large, and she really struggled getting down those steps. Um, and there were many times when I was on the verge of tears because of what she was going through. We're, we're almost like one, and when she's in pain, I'm in pain. Yeah. So, so Tim, I want to I want to ask you a question because we did a we did a little exercise after lunch where we did some some silent hiking, just to sort of give ourselves some time to connect with ourselves, <laughs> and uh, and. You know, it was an interesting experience and I, I'll, I'll admit like I was in front of everybody and I was kind of walking down and I, I, you know, I kind of was unaware of what was really going on behind me. And, um, we got down to the bottom and, and Tim, you said, Scott, don't ever make me do that ever again. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it wasn't a good time for me to be quiet. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that for a second? I struggled with that, um, because my mates having challenges and, being the refiner and her mate, number one, I want to talk to her and help her and, and tell her what to do to try to make this easier for her. But I wasn't allowed to talk. Some silly rule about not talking for an hour, right? <laughs> and I honored that other than one time I had to yeah. say something just from a safety standpoint. But yeah, that was hard. I, I didn't enjoy that part of it. The, part, the not walking or not talking, sorry. Yeah. So I'm curious if you took anything away from that, like that experience of like the hardness of that, of that being silent. And when you want it, you know, you wanted to help. 
probably means I talk too much <laughs> and, and I need to listen more often. And we were able to provide some nonverbal clues, right. To help. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a different experience. That's for sure. I think his exact words were, Scott, this is a stupid rule. <laughs> so, so Gina, let's go to you. So let's talk about day one. Um, you know, uh, when we made the first mile and a half, my knees started feeling it, right? It was the impact of going down. And, and that's when I realized that training in Florida, we didn't do enough leg work, yeah. right? And I'm like, okay, we're not even halfway down and my legs are already starting to give out and my knees were starting to really hurt. And I'm like, it's all right. Um, Michael got, I don't know why he did this, but he picked up a knee brace and just threw it in his bag. Didn't think he would need it. That was my lifesaver um, for my, my left knee. Um, and then as soon as I put that on the right knee started to go and I'm like, and Kristen's like, I got one here somewhere. Um, Andrew was going to wrap it up. But I think I got the fear in my head, which led the fear through my body of you can't do this. You can't do this. And it was input of what my brain was telling me. Right. Yeah, it was sore. My legs were hurting. They were wobbling. And then when I look at Tim and, and he's tearing up, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't let him down. I got to keep pushing through this. And then I've got Kristen saying, look, you've got this. You're going to we're going to push this through. You're all right. You got this. You got this. And then every step, you know, he's Tim's there trying to hold me. And then even at the last, you know, mile, mile and a half, happened to ask for help. I mean, I had to ask Andrew, please take the pack, right? Just let me get to where it's flat. And I know I can, if I can knew, and, and Scott, with you saying, you, I think you said it probably a dozen times. You see that bridge? That's where you're going. That's where you're going. That's where you're going. And it helped me to have that focus, right? I just got to make it to there. I just got to make it there. That wasn't the camp, but that's when the flat ground started. And I knew. And so I remember saying to you and to Andrew, when I get to that bridge, I'm taking my own pack back. I can do it now, right? And so, you know, um, persevering through and knowing that, you know, Andrew was so, I mean, he was just so open with me and said, Gina, if you want to stop right here, this is a perfect place. We can camp here, right? And letting me make the decision versus him making the decision. Would he have made the decision if he thought I was in danger of really hurting myself? Absolutely. But yeah. in, in conjunction with me, he's like, what do you want to do? Right? I will do anything you want to do at this point. And, you know, making sure I have water, making sure I had the food, the strength to get through. I really underestimated how difficult going down was going to be. I really did. I really underestimated that tremendously. And what was the, I mean, this was a team effort. We, we, yeah. and there's no doubt we did this together. Yep. And so I'm just curious, Gina, for you on day one, especially as we kind of got towards the end of the day, what was that like for you to be able to lean into the team so that we all got down together? You know, it, there was a, a, a number of emotions, right? I'm going to let everybody down if, if, if I don't push through this to the other side of it's okay to ask for help, mm -hmm. which is really hard for me. Right. It's, it's really hard for me to say, I need some help. I can't do this. Right. And I had to ask for help and it was actually, I saw joy in people's face by me asking for help. 
right? And so it was a learning experience for me. Don't steal people's joy, right? You don't have to do this alone. Yeah. You've got us here to help you. Let us help you. Right? And I think that was probably the biggest lesson I learned is let people, it's okay to ask. It is okay to ask. People want to help you. You're giving me chills. I feel like I'm right back there. So I have, and I'll put it in the show notes, but I have a great picture of the two of you, Gina and Tim, with an embrace and a little kiss at the bottom of the canyon right before we went through the tunnel yeah. uh, to, go, to go to the other side of the, of the Colorado. So, so um, we get to camp first night all the way at the bottom, the Bright Angel Campground. And uh, so what were you all feeling at that point? Before we go there, can I add one thing about yeah. day one? Um, Kristen and Gina, we, we got to this place near the bottom, but it wasn't at the bottom. It was a little covered area, and then there was a bathroom there. And um, I know, Gina, you were, you were really struggling that day, and you and Kristen were talking, and Kristen, we're a couple of badass bitches, and we're going to make this happen. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Thanks, too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the next day, I'm jumping ahead to day two or day three, but we met up with a person who was in that little shelter. So, oh, you're the badass bitches. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes humor helps get through tough challenges. Yeah. Amen. You know, when we got to the bottom and we got, got to camp, Kristen and I just kept looking at each other. We didn't want to eat. We just wanted to go to bed. We didn't care. You guys have a good time. Us girls are going to bed. We're exhausted. It took everything we had. And again, Michael, Tam, Scott, and Andrew are like, girls, you have to eat. You have to eat. You have to eat something. And we we were making these faces at each other across the table going, I don't care what they say. I don't want to eat, right? <laughs> we were. We were. Um, just something else on, on day one, too. Scott, you touched upon that, that this was a group effort. And so Michael and I got to the bridge first. And part of that wasn't because we were better than anybody. We were more seasoned. It was I told Michael, if I stop at this point, I'm not entirely sure I can start again. So we have to keep going. And we were in that last mile where we could still hear you guys. We couldn't always see you, but we could always hear you on the trail. So we were checking in with that. But when we got to the bridge, Michael and I looked at each other and said, when Gina gets here, and she will, she gets to cross the bridge first. I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, oh, it, was a, it was an amazing day. So, I mean, we got to camp and we ate and we went to bed. Mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty much it. And I'm curious, um, I'm curious what, um, Gina, especially you, like what, what you were feeling when you went to bed and, and how you felt when you woke up the next morning in terms of, you know, anticipating the next couple of days. So I went to bed, of course, just out. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, the first thought I had when I woke up that next morning was, we are badass bitches. We are going to the top. <laughs> Nothing is going to stop us. We are going to do this. And I, I woke up with a completely different mindset yeah. than what I went to bed with. I mean, it was a complete 180. It, it oh, truly was. We had conversations about fantasizing about the helicopter. You know? Yeah, we did. You know, we've got insurance. We don't have to be proud, whatever. You know, what surprised me was waking up the next morning. I didn't feel as bad as I thought I was going to feel. I actually felt far better yeah. um, than I would imagined I would have 
based on how I felt when I went to sleep that night. So we're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I mean, this was this is kind of what the whole journey is all about, right? We're going to go all the way down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and see what we have. So before we start coming back up, let's just take a minute and just sort of reflect on that experience. And, you know, I don't, I can tell you for me personally, I don't, I think the, the reflection is almost now looking back at what it was like to be at the bottom of the Canyon. Um, I certainly appreciated the nature or the rushing water that was right there next to us, but there was so much physicality to it that it was hard to do much more than just, you know, get up the next morning, eat our breakfast, get our gear together and get moving again. But I guess uh, before we move on, and, and Michael, I'll go to you first, any reflections up on, on, especially as it relates to the inner journey, just being at the bottom of the Grand Canyon? Um, you know, it, there's not a lot from the camps. I don't remember much from any of the camps. I know that I was tired and I know that I slept and then getting up in the middle of the use the restroom was always the challenge. So that's really, for me, um, the trip is not the bottom. It's not the sleeping. It was the walking. And mm -hmm. so it was, it was nice. It was nice to stop. Um, but I really have a lot from that. It's kind of, kind of strange, but, but I did start to notice that Kristen never liked me pointing out the bugs and stuff that I was seeing. So <laughs> I, I get to see a giant, um, Arizona centipede, not that big, about that big. And I got to see, um, several black widow spiders on the trail, which is kind of cool. But Kristen, just for some reason, when I put it out one near the tent, she just didn't want to hear about it. I didn't need to know they were there. <laughs> Anybody else have any any sort of insights about just being at the bottom of the canyon? It's massive. You don't you don't appreciate that until you're at the bottom and you're looking back up. You're like, mm -hmm. wow, this thing is much larger than it looked from the top looking down, mm -hmm. right? And that was that was one thought for me the second was this was the turning point right we made it to the bottom and this was a turning point uh in the inner journey as well because shortly we were going to be leaving behind some baggage that we didn't want to carry forward in our life anymore and that was cool i was looking forward to that i was in excruciating pain so that kind of had an impact on it but it passed after a while Oh, thanks to Scott. Yes, and Scott and the stretches stretching. that I didn't think my body was capable of doing. Yeah. We, we did a lot of stretches. But, Tim, thanks to you, you actually brought an activity to help us with that uh, experience of letting something go and then bringing something out. And that was just such a cool, a cool experience. So, you know, again, we're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Does anybody want to talk about the, that letting go? That was a moment that, that brought some more tears to my eyes. Those of you now know I cry all the damn time. <laughs> no, you don't, Tim. You cry when it's appropriate. Right? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was neat. So, guys, so we had uh, day two was, um, I have to be careful the way that I say this, the lightest of the days. Um, we went about halfway back up. Um, the first part of the day was relatively flat because we were kind of traversing the bottom of the canyon until we came to what's known as the devil's corkscrew. And this was a really steep part with a bunch of switchbacks. But when you got to the top of the devil's corkscrew, we had a little bit more of uh, not level, but fairly uh, low grade to our campsite. And just for the sake of time, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna just sort of go through day two, and then um, I want to move us into day three because this is the day that we actually come out of the canyon. And so, um, uh, Michael, I want I want to see if you if it can start with you. What what was day three like for you? Well, the roles between Gina and Kristen were sort of reversed on that day. So going down, Gina really struggled. Going up, Kristen really struggled. And um, for Kristen, it wasn't that she was not prepared for the, for the work. It was because she has this thing called Lyme uh, air hunger. And so she was having a hard time catching her breath. So I was with her. Kind of, I think I think you and I switched places on that, that day as, as well, Tim. That you, I, I understood a lot more about what day one was like for you. So I stayed with Kristen a lot um, on that day. But I remember that um, the going up of it was harder for me. And I think <clears throat> this happened on day one, too. I had to be intentional about not looking at the trail all the time, just stopping and looking at the canyon, touching the walls, kind of touching the live rock, you know, and just, just being there in the moment, um, not getting caught up in the, in the work of it. Because if you were looking at the scenery and you were hiking, you could fall pretty far. So it was, you had to look where you were stepping. Yeah. And I remember that, you know, just being intentional about where you are, kind of getting caught, you can get caught up in the work, kind of get caught up in the, in the mechanics of what you're doing, but you need to stop and look around a little bit. And I think for me, that, that was one of the things that, it really came through in the canyon. The other thing that happened was a lot of really deep conversations were happening. Um, I had one with you. I had one with Andrew. And um, it was just, there was some really depth to those conversations that, that I think were because of where we were and what we were going through together. And, and that, that also kind of, it peels away some of the superficiality, some of the trivial nature of conversations. And I think we got down to some real truth things um, on that, on that walk. And I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, and then I, I don't want to, capitalize on this too much or, or take too much of the time up. But I, I do think that for me, um, the canyon was a metaphor for change for me. So we have this thing called the model change and that's for everybody with that. But it, it has to do with the valley of despair. So you start up enthusiastic with change, you get to a valley of despair with it. Either you give up there or you push through and you get onto what they call success and fulfillment. And it's, it, it forms this kind of valley. So um, I was thinking about that as, as we were going through the canyon. And I learned a lot about change, personal change, difficult change. Um, about you know maybe a, a, to a level of of clarity that I've never had before around what real change is like. So that and I'm I'm still working through some of that stuff. But that was my that was my journey on day two. And Kristen, you know you 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 were you you and Gina both had trips that were different than than Tim and my trip because you guys you guys were facing um, real physical challenges and, and I was very proud of both of you. Um, and what you went through in, in, the, in the trip you had, because you, know, you were the, the heroines of that whole thing. And, I, and I'm still impressed by what you guys did. Absolutely. So Kristen, let's go to you, day three. Oh, so day three um, started out with a sleepless night the night before, because day two had been hard. So I knew day three was even going to be harder. The incline was going to go up faster. The elevation was only going to get more difficult. Um, so I was already anxious before I ever went to bed. We were in a camp where it was dead silent and every little noise woke me up and created another spike of fear when I thought about the next day. So I really felt like I walked into day three literally behind the eight ball. No sleep, anxiety, can't breathe, and this is the toughest day ever. Struggled badly yesterday. How am I going to make it today? I started out thinking, am I going to make it today? So we started and the first mile was first half mile wasn't bad. And then it just got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse. And I got slower and slower and slower. 
um, I had literally, thanks to Scott, my mantra was breathe in, breathe out, count my exhales. And I scaled the canyon 10 exhales at a time. Um, the biggest impactful thing for me, though, was because of the physical that I was dealing with, I couldn't breathe, let alone talk. And there were some amazing conversations going on that I so wanted to be a part of. I wanted to add. I wanted to, hey, what if? And the best thing that I could have gotten from those conversations was the inability to talk. I got to hear things I would have missed otherwise because I was thinking about how I would want to contribute to this conversation. And as I started to focus on that and focus on my exhales, I'm not going to say it got easier because it didn't. It continued to get harder, but it helped me to endure. So Kristen, I want to stay with you for a minute. Can you talk about like those moments when you, when we came out of the Canyon, those last few steps crossing over that threshold and, you know, knowing that you'd made it. Well, first and foremost, my team did not finish without me they waited on me and oh by the way it was about an hour wait for me to catch up and you guys didn't cross without me not a chance no way when we came out there was relief there was a lot of immediate we made it we did it didn't think i was going to do it but what i didn't expect was the big emotional letdown that happened everything that was inside of me, the fear, the anger, um, the excitement, every, everything came out like Niagara Falls. I ugly cried. <laughs> and like, not for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I sobbed for quite a little bit. It, um, it really took me by surprise that there was that much, that much energy and emotion wrapped up in. And there was grief. It was done. There was some grief. It was now done. It was a pretty emotional experience coming out of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And um, we, we, that was, the trip was only half over at that point because from there we go to a fabulous glamping resort called Under Canvas. And we were pampered. Pamp, we were still camping, but we were pampered for a couple of days. And we had some, some amazing time to continue the conversations, to heal. We got to do some yoga where we were able to kind of stretch out our muscles a little bit and, uh, and, and, but the, but really the reflection and the conversation um, just continued and, you know, we were really feeling the, the positive impacts of it. I, I'd love to just kind of recap with each one of you guys. How, what do you, what did you learn about yourself in this experience? And, and we're not done yet. We've still got some reflection to go, but just, you know, if we had to kind of, kind of, Talk about right here, right now. What did you learn about yourself? Tim, I want to go to you first. I'm stronger mentally and physically than I think I am, right? I, I can do a lot more. I demonstrated that I can do a lot more than I thought I could mentally and physically. And we've all talked about how it's changed us, right, in, in a good way. And so for that, the, the experience was was wonderful. I'm grateful that I had that opportunity for change. And we had to go through that, okay. right, in order to create that change. It wouldn't happen without that experience. Gina, how about you? 
Um, I think the biggest, one of the biggest things I learned is I don't have to do it all. I've Say got, it again. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do it all. Um, you know, this experience definitely brought all of us closer. Mm -hmm. It was okay to ask for help. It's okay if you don't want to do something, right? I don't really want to do that. I'm going to sit here at camp with Kristen, right? It's, it's okay just to, 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 to ask for help and to be who you want to be, right? And I always feel my personality is that I have to take care and do everything for everyone. And that's not the case, right? It's just not. Michael. So, so for me, um, a lot of stuff I took away from it, but I think, I think, um, I don't know. I, I, there's a hundred things I could say. I think the thing that's at the top of mind right now though, is that, um, you know, I, I don't want to die before I'm dead. And so what I mean by that, I'm 64. Um, and I feel like, you know, that, that could be a situation where I'm you know, not going to do stuff like this. And I really want to be much more doing things like this. Um, especially as they get older, because I think that's that's what makes life rich and and challenging yourself, and that, you know, not kind of just kind of going to the, the dark quietly, but just kind of doing some stuff as I get older. I think that's that's one of the things I, I, I do, and, and I, I just got to share. I, I I don't know if I share this with you, but um, this is a picture, um, and I don't know if you can see it on camera. Do you guys see that? Yeah, yeah. That's me in the not the beard. That's me with. Uh, without the beard and this funny little body. That was that, that taken back in August of 1970. And I was with my brother in the Yucatan Peninsula. I think it was either, that's either um, Mexico or it might be Guatemala, but we, he took me on a two month trip through um, Mexico and Guatemala. And that trip, so so the Grand Canyon is the coolest place I've ever been. That trip is the first, is the coolest trip I've ever been. I guess my big brother, parents weren't there. Uh, it was just us, we camped in the jungle. Um, I mean, this was this is in the middle of nowhere. That little Volkswagen, what places Volkswagen I meant to go. Anyway, um, that trip sort of set me on this like try stuff and do stuff life. And I think, Kristen, I think it's probably true that um, the last 15 years to the last 10 years, other than just the moves and stuff, we haven't really been doing much since the kids have been gone. They really stretch us. No, we haven't. And so I, th that's what this kind of is like, okay, this is, this has got to be part of our life. This kind of stuff has got to be part of our life going forward because it, it creates um, a lot more than just the trip. I don't know how to describe it. That's kind of weak. Well, it already, it already has created much more than the trip in ways that we never even imagined with, with other people and in, and in other conversations. So Kristen, what did you learn about yourself? Oh, I need to temper my eight. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to diminish this. I learned, um, I learned there's a little bit of a victim inside of me. You know, um, it's going to be hard for me because I have this thing going on. And, oh, I learned about a new thing right before we left. So not that I'm ever really a victim to those things, but they're always kind of there if I need to pull that wild card. And guess what? It, despite all that, I didn't need to pull that card, mm -hmm. and I kicked that stuff's ass to the bottom of the canyon. And I'm not, I'm not going to go back there again. Badass bitches. Badass bitches. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Pretty sure that's a t-shirt. Yeah, that's a t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing that. Guys, if you wanted, if you were going to give a, a piece of advice to a friend or a family member or somebody that was thinking about doing something like this, an experience like this, what would be the, the piece of advice you'd most want to share? We'll go don't in reverse think, order here. Kristen. Don't think, just do. Michael? Say yes, you'll figure the rest out. I think just do it, right? Don't hesitate. Don't don't overthink it, right? Set your plan, set your goal, and just do it. You know, face the fear and feel it anyway. Absolutely. Love that. Tim? So a lot of us are in the season of life where we're saying goodbye to people that are in their 80s and beyond, and we just left a funeral. And when you go to these services, you look at those people and you think about their lives and you think about the fact that pretty soon I'm going to be the one that people are saying goodbye to. And oh, by the way, that's only 20, 25 years away. And so let's go, right? Let's get as much as we can in the next 20 years. Absolutely. Just do it. I'm hearing a lot of consensus in that advice. That was pretty unified. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You guys, I just... I want to just in, in, in front of all of our listeners, just thank you guys for such an amazing experience. This was something that it was our experience and each one of you guys brought something really unique to it. And it was just, it was so much more than I could have ever imagined. And I can't imagine doing it um, with better group of people. It, we, it was amazing. And to that extent, I think that at some point Hollywood's going to make a movie about our trip down into the Canyon together. And what I want to know is who's going to be the cast. So Michael's been on this podcast before. I already happen to know that John C. Riley is going to play Michael Lennington. Yeah. I want to know who's going to play the rest of you. Kristen, who's going to be the Hollywood actress that's going to play you? Hillary Swank. Oh, nice. Okay. I love it. All right, Gina. Sandra Bullock. Wow. Okay. All right. And Tim. Sylvester Stallone. Oh my gosh, this is a this is an all-star cast. I love this. This is going to be amazing. All right, and we all agree, Gina, you've got you've got the job of telling us what the name of our movie is going to be. So the name of our movie is going to be Expectation versus Reality. You are stronger than you think. Wow. Oh man, I love that. Okay. This is incredible. Guys, thank you so much for spending the time with me today. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, let's just do a quick uh, rapid fire here. What's the best way for them to do that? Michael? Just email me at michael at 12weekgear.com. is the fastest way to get a hold. Great. Kristen? Kristen at 12weekgear.com. Kristen with two eyes. Awesome. Tim and Gina? Uh, Tim at waterfrontrealty.com. And Gina at waterfrontrealty.com. Yay. Well, this was so much fun, you guys. Thank you so much for coming back here and reflecting. We've, we've got some time together. I look forward to continuing our calls. Um, but for those listening, I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope this Grand Canyon experience has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or just need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Grand Canyon Mastermind, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott.
Nessuna è arrivato.